Hey everybody, Nick Espinosa, your Chief Security Fanatic here. And it is Sunday, so we're doing Breaches of the Week. And strap yourself in. It is another crazy, crazy long week for data breaches, but that's why you're here. Gotta keep up. And with that, before we start, I would love to thank the following people that sent me a lot of this information. That would be Chris Fellon, Barrett Peterson, Jacqueline Wolf, and Jay Dance. Guys, thank you very much. And if you have a tip for me, please send it my way. I'll give you a shout out here and also on my Nashy Syncated radio show. And with that, let's dive right in and start with Uber. That's right, the ride sharing app. We're going to give you an update because a federal judge in San Francisco this past Thursday imposed a sentence of three years probation on the former head of security at Uber for his role in covering up a data breach that allegedly exposed the personal information of more than 50 million riders and drivers. My info as well. Now, prosecutors from the U.S. Attorney Office in San Francisco asked the U.S. District Judge William Oreck to impose 15-month imprisonment for Joseph Sullivan, age 54, arguing, quote, Probationary or token prison sentences for corporate executives in general undermine respect for the law and disregard the core principle that all defendants are equal before the law regardless of their position or power. Now, the sentencing comes after a four-week jury trial in 2022 in which Sullivan was found guilty on one count of obstruction and one count of misprision Mispris or actively concealing a felony. I've never heard that term before, interestingly enough, but I'm not a lawyer. Don't play one on TV. Moving on. Let's give you an update on Fortrago Anywhere. This is that massive uh, file sharing platform that got hit and a bazillion people are affected and massive companies are disclosing as a result of it. And this week, we are talking about millions of UAW or United Auto Workers Labor Union in, uh, retirees, probably pension or welfare fund, uh, Nation Benefits, a Florida-based technology company, pediatric mental health provider Brightline for 783,606 patients, and Investorcom. Those are the four that are basically in trouble thanks to Fortra Go Anywhere. And if you use Fortra Go Anywhere, I'm sure I'll be talking about you soon enough because everybody's declaring on this one and it keeps on going. It's been months. Moving on. Another update on Western Digital. Western Digital has taken its store offline and sent customers data breach notifications after confirming that attackers stole sensitive personal data in their March cyber attack. I reported on it back then. We're now getting more information. The company emailed the data breach notifications late Friday afternoon, warning that customers' data was stored in a Western Digital database that was stolen during this attack. This information could be names, billing and shipping address, email address, telephone numbers, and as a security measure, the relevant database stored in encrypted format, hashed passwords which resulted, that's good, and partial credit card numbers, hopefully also encrypted as well. So we'll see what, go, what goes on there, but if you bought anything from Western Digital directly, heads up. Moving on. Let's talk about Carbon Software, because on May 2nd of this year, they filed a notice with, uh, of data breach with the Maine Attorney General after learning that an unauthorized party was able to copy files containing confidential consumer information out of their network. Now, based on the filing, what we are talking about here are names, social security numbers, and financial account information. They have confirmed, uh, basically, that consumer data was leaked, and they have sent out letters to uh, basically impacted parties. So heads up to you if you use Carbon Software for all your carbon needs. I don't know what they do. Moving on. Let's talk about the Viridian Credit Union because on May 3rd, they filed a notice of data breach with Maine as well after determining that an attacker successfully got access to their online membership application 
process. Now, in their filing, what we are talking about are consumers' names, addresses, social security numbers, dates of birth, account numbers, loan numbers, and uh, basically loan numbers of other financial institutions as well. After confirming that this was leaked, they sent out notification letters as well. Moving on, let's talk about Capita PLC out of the United Kingdom, because on March 22nd, they basically experienced a cyber incident, which they announced to the press on April 3rd, and then updated it on April 20 uh, of this year as well. They identified the incident on March 31st, confirmed the incident caused disruption. It's now been resolved. I don't know, have more information than that. And uh, if I do, obviously, in terms of what was leaked, I'll let you know. Moving on. Let's talk about McPherson Hospital in the state of Kansas because they suffered a data breach causing uh, basically a compromise of information for 19,020 patients. Now, the ransomware was discovered in July of last year. They concluded their investigation on March 15th of this year, and we're talking patient names, social security numbers, dates of birth, treatment information, medical billing information, and health insurance information. So if you use McPherson Hospital in Kansas for all your hospital needs, heads up to you. Moving on, let's head on over to Montana, big sky country, and specifically Montana State University, because news of their outage is still fresh. However, what we know at this point comes from two notices that were posted to the school's website. And according to these notices dated April 28th and May 2nd, they experienced a cyber attack on April 20th, and essentially the Royal uh, Ransomware Group is claiming credit. That's all I know so far, but heads up to you if you have anything to do with Montana State University. And once again, this week we're going to do our mini segment on class action lawsuits and lawsuits. Essentially, if you just spent the money up front, you wouldn't be getting sued like this. Now, first up on our block is... Supercare Health. They have agreed to pay $2.25 million to a nationwide class action lawsuit and a California subclass of patients to resolve claims that the home health service failed to protect their personally identifiable, personally identifiable information in a breach in July of 2021. The wheels of justice move slowly. Now, individuals who wish to make a claim must submit a valid claim by July 5th of this year. So Supercare Health, if you are a patient, go get paid. Moving on. Let's talk about technology company and toy manufacturer Squishable. They apparently failed to exercise reasonable care in protecting their customers' sensitive personal information during a 2022 data breach that was disclosed by that company in March, and this is according to a class action. Now, the plaintiff, uh, Christine Borovoy, claims that Squishable, which sells toy plushies in a variety of themes, notified their customers on or around March 2 that a data breach had exposed their sensitive, personally identifiable information. So obviously this is still going through the justice system, but we'll see what happens. Moving on, let's talk about Albertsons. I recently talked about them in the last couple of weeks. Albertsons, they own multiple supermarkets all over, and here in the Chicagoland area, it's they're called Jewel, but you know we're going to see. So anyway, Albertsons failed to protect the personal information of 33,000 of their employees in relation to a December 20 2022 data breach, and this is according to a proposed federal class action. Now, according to the filing in federal court, former Albertson employee Laura Medina alleged that Albertsons did not comply with its promise to protect employee personal information and additionally breached, breached data security guidelines of the FTC. So there you go. If you work for Albertsons, you might get a little more money out of them. Moving on, Maximum Healthcare Services has agreed to a nationwide class action lawsuit settlement to resolve claims it failed to protect patients from a 2020 data breach. Don't know the number they're paying out here, but apparently it's a big one because 28,425 people are affected. And if you use Maximum Healthcare to receive settlement benefits, you have to fill out a valid claim form by July 24th of this year. Moving on. Let's talk about the Savannah College of Art and Design. 
or SCAD. I also talked about them a couple of months ago. They agreed to pay $375,000 to resolve claims that it failed to protect students and employees from a 2022 data breach. And it could have been 2022. All of these honestly just merged together in my brain because I do this every Sunday. Now, the settlement benefits Savannah College students and employees whose personal information may have been compromised in that August 2022 data breach and who received a notice from Savannah College about this. Now, if you are part of SCAD in some way, shape, or form, you've got until August 8th to fill out that paperwork as well. So there you go. Moving on. Just talked about them. I swear it must have been like a week or two ago. <clears throat> One Brooklyn Health. If you recall, this is a New York-based network of three acute care hospitals, Brookdale Hospital Medical Center, Interfaith Medical Center, and Kingsbrook Jewish Medical Center as well. They're facing a class action lawsuit over that data breach that was discovered in November of 2022, and over 235,000 patients were affected. So if you use any one of those hospitals, heads up to you in a couple of years, you might get a little bit of money. Moving on, let's talk about Guardian Analytics and Webster Bank North America. Apparently, they negligently failed to protect the personal information of 197,000 bank customers that were exposed in a late 2022 data breach. And this is according to a new proposed federal class action. This, interestingly enough, is the sixth lawsuit they are now facing as a result of this data breach. And finally, in this mini segment, here are some interesting stats on lawsuits from Security Week by Edward Kovacs. And Real quick, he had a really great article on this, but I'm just going to read essentially one paragraph on this. Now, in addition to higher ransomware demands and increased forensic costs, because ransomwares are getting more expensive, a Baker Holster uh, Holstetler report found that a bigger percentage of incidents uh, were the impacted organizations uh, notified individuals of data breach resulted in at least one lawsuit. Now, specifically, the, uh, the numbers have increased from four lawsuits out of 394 incidents in, 208, in 2018 to 42 lawsuits filed for 494 incidents in 2022, the United States is a very litigious country, and I keep seeing more and more data breaches and class actions, which is why I started this segment three weeks ago, and it's good to know that Edward Kovacs at Security Week has my back. Moving on, let's go on back. Now we're talking about Optima Tax Relief. I hear their commercials all the time when I listen to SiriusXM. Optima Tax Relief, do do do, like whatever it is. But on May 2nd, Oh, Lord, because you know if I'm talking about him, here they are. Op Optima Tax Release filed notice with Montana's Attorney General after learning that a recent data security incident exposed the confidential information of certain customers to an unauthorized party. Based on the company's official filing, the incident resulted in an unauthorized party gaining access to consumers' names, mailing address, dates of birth, and social security numbers. Just enough to run a scam. Now, after confirming that this was leaked, Optima began sending out letters to impacted individuals. So if you use Optima Tax Relief, for all your tax relief needs, heads up. Moving on, let's talk about NextGen Healthcare. On April 28th, they filed a notice with the Attorney General of Montana after learning that a recent data breach impacted the company's computer network and resulted in confidential consumer information getting hit. We are talking about names, dates of birth, social security numbers, and addresses. They've sent out letters as well. So heads up, NextGen Healthcare patients and employees. Moving on, let's talk about Berlin Packaging because on April 28th, they filed a notice with uh, Massachusetts, uh, essentially, because they had a recent cyber attack that hit their human resources information, and here we are. So we're talking about names, social security numbers, financial account information, driver's license numbers, and more. Um, as a result, Berlin Packaging has sent out notices as well. Moving on, let's talk about Traditions Bank. I do not know where they are. 
but apparently they experienced a data breach in March. Quote, the review is ongoing, but has determined that certain files were accessed without authorization. On abundance of caution, we mailed notification letters to individuals whose information may have been potentially accessible as a result of the situation. These individuals have been offered complimentary identity monitoring services. End quote. So, heads up. Hopefully you were noted, notified by Tradition Bank if you are caught up in this. Moving on, let's head on over to Hong Kong and talk about OT&P Healthcare because they apologized to their clients after a threat actor managed to access their IT systems and obtain uh, patient data. CEO Robin Green, talking to local press this past Friday, uh, said that they were unsure what kind of data was breached and how many clients were affected. Quote, we have no idea at this stage. We have brought in external consultants who are specialists in this area. End quote. So if you're in Hong Kong, and I do have followers and listeners in Hong Kong, uh, OT&P Healthcare heads up to you. Moving on. And this is actually a kind of an interesting one. This is Carrington Mortgage Services, kind of. Now, on April 26th, and here's what I'm talking about, a breach notice naming Carrington Mortgage Services appeared basically uh, on the Attorney General of Massachusetts's breach report uh, website. However, the notice was filed by, by Alvaria Inc., which is the company that experienced the breach resulting in Carrington customer information being leaked. After confirming that that leak was there, uh, Alvaria start, started sending out notifications letters to Carrington customers who were impacted. And, and then Alvaria also, interestingly enough, uh, added their own. Now, so obviously, Carrington Mortgage Services was using Alvaria. Alvaria got them breached. But Alvaria was filing on behalf of Carrington and also sending uh, customers letters uh, basically labeled as Alvaria on behalf of Carrington as well, which is a very odd step. I've never seen that uh, in all the years. Usually, uh, Carrington Mortgage Services would hire you know third-party consultants like myself, for example, or or, you know, one of my colleagues to essentially create these, uh, you know, create these letters and send it out on behalf of them. Because if I'm a Carrington Mortgage Service person, I'm not going to know who Alvaria is. So it's a very interesting one, but I, I, I digress. Let's move on. Okay, we're talking about health plan services because on April 28th, they filed with Maine after learning that a recent malware attack basically subjected confidential consumer information in their possession to unauthorized access. We we're talking names, social security numbers, dates of birth, medical and health information, financial account information, and identification information. They've sent out letters as well. So heads up health plan services, employees, and patients. Moving on, let's talk about Charter Foods, Inc. because on April 7th, they filed with Maine as well following a criminal cyber attack that compromised highly sensitive consumer information that was in Charter Foods' possession, names, addresses, dates of birth, and social security numbers, and this impacted 109,194 individuals. Moving on, let's head on down to Tennessee and talk about Murfreesboro Medical Clinic and Surgery Center because they just announced a cyber attack as well, and on May 2nd, they posted a notice of attack, and based on their notice, uh, here we are, we're talking about names, social security numbers, insurance information, Information, treatment information, prescription information, dates of birth, email addresses, uh, phone numbers, and driver's licenses. After confirming that consumer data was leaked, they began sending out notices as well. So heads up Murfreesboro Medical Clinic and Surgery Center patients. Moving on, let's talk about Nashua, New Hampshire's school district. They said that classes will go on scheduled this Monday tomorrow after they were hit by a sophisticated cyber attack earlier today. Now the district said it's working with a third party, and that's all I know so far. Moving on. Let's talk about San Bernardino County, and this is actually an update because they acknowledged this week that basically they just paid $1.1 million worth of a ransom 
essentially to an attacker that uploaded malware onto the sheriff department's computer system and locked the police out. So there you go. Heads up to you, San Bernardino County. Hopefully your taxes won't go up any higher. Moving on. Let's talk about Spartanburg County in South Kakalaka because a ransomware attack reported in Spartanburg County is what we're talking about today. And according to their Twitter account, because info is sparse right now, quote, heads up, Spartanburg County, we are currently experiencing some computer issues. Some of our phone numbers have been temporarily impacted. We will provide alternative phone numbers as soon as possible and we'll share other updates here as they become available. We thank you for your patience as we work to get these issues resolved, end quote. I don't know if this is the verified account from Spartan County because Twitter's a hot mess right now, but here we are, and so far the city themselves have confirmed it. They also provided a list of alternate phone numbers for different departments that the public may need. So hopefully Spartanburg will get back on their feet sooner than later. And now we've got to talk about T-Mobile because they just had another data breach. And it's again and again and again with this stupid company. Now, T-Mobile just disclosed a second data breach of 2023 after discovering that attackers had access to the personal information of hundreds of customers for more than a month starting in late February of this year. Now, compared to previous data breaches reported by T-Mobile, the last one, which impacted 37 million of their customers, this one only affected 836. So it's small, but still, the amount of exposed information is highly extensive and exposes those affected individuals to identity theft, phishing, all that kind of stuff. They've had eight breaches in like the last three years or so. T-Mobile, man, just get it together, honestly. Moving on, let's talk about the city of Dallas because a ransomware attack in the city of Dallas uh, basically has significantly impacted police and compromised other city services. And this was hit or instigated by the Royal Ransomware Group. Now, the city's IT services department, quote, isolated the issue and is gradually restoring service, prioritizing public safety and resident-facing departments. Now, the department computer-assisted dispatch system is still in the process of being back online as of like a day or two ago. Hopefully, it's online now. And the calls are still being dispatched, according to the police chief. The system used by the police for offense reports and jail intake was also affected, prompting personnel to start taking basically manual notes to be inputted later. Dallas Fire Rescue also had to revert basically to the manual dispatch using radios as opposed to uh as opposed to the computerized system which obviously is more affected interestingly enough i happen to be in dallas on those days i promise you i didn't do it finally and we have a couple of finalies for you right now the first one is Ooh, god-awful. Now, we're talking about Minneapolis public schools. I talked about them a couple of months ago or a year. I don't even remember at this point because they all are jumbled. But here's what happened. Massive hit. Got everything, essentially, data-wise from Minneapolis. Fast forward to the next couple of, like, the last couple of days. They did not pay the $1 million ransom, and now all of this damning information has spilled out. Just one folder, according to reports, in the troves of tens of thousands of leaked files outlined campus rape cases, child abuse inquiries, student mental health issues and crisis, suspension reports on students... All of this has information that is very intimate. In a leaked email in 2018, also in part of this trove, a district official seems to make light of the frequency of civil rights complaints after several girls accused their high school Arabic teacher of inappropriate touching. In other documents, an educator was accused of buying a colleague a lap dance during an after-work outing to a strip club, and in a separate incident, a district technology specialist was accused of hacking into a girl's social media account to stalk her on a date. Now, the veracity of these files have not been confirmed by the Minneapolis schools, but by all the parents, they expose a shocking degree of information about current students and staff. So that obviously is an incredibly damaging thing, especially for that community. If you can go read about, you know, let's say how your 
teenager was doing something or your child was doing something or reporting something and it wasn't being taken seriously. So I think we're going to see a lot more damaging internal things. I think people are going to be fired in the Minneapolis public school system as well. So this is not a good time to be in that school district. So heads up to you, parents, teachers, faculty, etc., etc. So with that, let's move on to another finally and talk about one password. This is a, basically a password platform that is used and recommended by many cybersecurity professionals out there. But many 1Password customers received an upsetting notification in the last few days claiming that their, quote, secret key or password was recently changed. Now, this alert was a false alarm. The company has now clarified this, and this is not a sign of a data breach or a stolen password. Instead, 1Password says it accidentally triggered a mass notification during a scheduled database maintenance, and this was an unintended side effect. Now, this incident started with routine maintenance on April 27th. And as part of the process, 1Password servers were down temporarily. This was a scheduled outage. The platform could not connect to the servers. So many of the apps on the customer phones each sent out their own sync requests. The platform misinterpreted this uh, resulting error code and sent erroneous alerts in response. So to be very clear, not everything is a data breach. You know, and you can think about these things or look at these things, but not everything is. 1Password has been very clear and very transparent about a lot of things. Unlike LastPass, which if you're a longtime follower of me, you know I've railed against for quite some time with their data breach. This is very, they, they put out a white paper. I mean, so there you go. That's the difference between LastPass and, and other password platforms that are apparently better than LastPass. So if you have 1Password, you were not breached. Don't worry about it. Moving on, let's talk about ChatGPT. Again, because obviously, if you're a listener to my, of mine and follower of mine, you know that the Italians uh, basically have taken chat GPT essentially offline in Italy. The Germans are now doing this in Germany, et cetera, et cetera. But OpenAI, which developed chat GPT, has now confirmed a data breach in the system that was caused by a vulnerability in the code's open source library. This is according to Security Week. Now, the breach took the service offline until it was... Um, until it was fixed, the exploit came via vulnerability in the Redis open source library. This allowed users to see chat history of other active users. And so in the grand scheme of things, this exploit was incredibly minor and OpenAI did fix it within days of that discovery. But even minor incidents create a lot of damage. Look at the Italians, look at the Germans, look at other countries that are giving this scrutiny. And so until they start putting these things in Terminators, heads up. But it has been fixed. And I think that's an important thing because ChatGPT is being used by millions if not billions of people at this time. And another finally we've got is Robinhood. Now, I'm not talking about the app. I'm talking about a hacker that is essentially being called a Robinhood. And this one actually puts a smile on my face. And I kind of like this one. So thank you, Chris Vallon, for specifically giving me this one. A crypto experts have said that a hacker transferred stolen Bitcoin that, that basically he or she stole to addresses of Ukrainian volunteers basically in the effort for the Ukrainian war. Now, this mystery user seems to have basically uh, been able to put blockchain and Bitcoin technologies to work against Russia. Apparently, the hacker gained access to hundreds of crypto wallets, which likely belong to Russian law enforcement agencies. Now, Chainalysis analysts believe that this attacker used a feature documenting transactions in the Bitcoin blockchain to identify 986 wallets controlled by the main directorate of the general staff of the Armed Forces of the Russian Federation, also known as the GRU, the Foreign Intelligence Service, known as SVR, and the Federal Security Service, known as FSB. Now, the analysts did not disclose which feature this was, obviously for security's sake, but at the same time, 
this hacker was leaving messages in Russian to the owners of these wallets in which he states that these wallets were used to pay for the services of hackers working for Russia. It is not known to the extent uh, basically these allegations are true or not, but uh, Western analysts consider it indisputable that Russian intelligence services are using hackers to conduct numerous operations. So basically this person was robbing Russian military and intelligence services, funneling this money over to the Ukrainians in support of the war effort. Chainalysis could only partially confirm the hackers' claims, but nevertheless, this does appear to have happened, and that puts a smile on my face, because quite frankly, I'm not a big fan of Russia these days. Most of us aren't. So those were your breaches of the week. Another crazy, crazy long week. Were you affected? Let me know. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP. And please feel free to subscribe to me at YouTube as well. Please ring that bell. And as always, stay safe, stay online, and please attempt to stay private. Thanks, everybody.